Another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. I am he that is Cody Tucker. Today I am joined by a very special guest, one of the most badass human beings of all time. <laughs> you may remember him from Jackass, Wild Boys, America's Got Talent, a plethora of television programs. Mr. David Weathers. How's it going, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. How you been? I am great. It is hot as shit in Texas, so. It's hot as shit in Florida, and we got that humidity to add to it. So I think we got you beat by a little bit there. Dude, it is it is rough. Like, every time I go outside, it feels like like my tits turn into, like, a pair of thawed-out chicken breasts. It is. Yeah, as soon as I step outside, I feel like I'm peeling my nuts off of one of my legs or something like that. It's ridiculous. Amen. Dude, it's not made for, it's not made for people like me. Don't. Definitely not. Well, I mean, it's definitely not made for anybody. I don't think. I think it's just. I mean, I'm I'm from Florida. I was born and raised here, and it it's like I'm not trying to get in a weird with the climate fucking disaster shit, yeah. but something <laughs> global warming shit. But something's going. Listen, it is getting hotter, but I also feel like global warming's a thing. But it's a, a natural thing that's just going to happen. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think all the scientific like let's try to postpone. Like we can postpone it five fucking years. Like who gives a shit? We're all gonna be dead anyway. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Well, if I recycle so, like, I enough know. bottles, I will save the world. So you know, I, I, recycling. <laughs> listen, I'm I, I'm not against recycling, but I think it's a fucking scam because like my mom lives in Broward County over in Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. You know, uh-huh. yeah, and and like they discontinued recycling, like. Just people have full, full, yeah, like people are filling their recycle bins up, yeah, so they're using it, and they're like, Oh, well, they don't do it anymore. I'm like, What do you mean? She's like, Oh, they discontinued it, they stopped. Really? She's like, If you want to recycle, you got to take it to like a public supermarket or a Walmart or something and drop it off. Jesus, yeah, so see- that, that, that leads me to believe that my county and everybody else, if they're doing away with it in a large city like that, yeah, that means it's just a scam. I heard a long time ago that, uh, they just take the recycle shit and dump it in the landfill anyway. The you know, it's like so it's, it's kind of a scam. They probably like bang yeah. it for an extra hundred hundred bucks a year on taxes for a, oh, yeah. a stupid fuck stupid fucking can with a yellow lid on it or something. I don't know, <laughs> dude. I know like paper uh, recycling plants. Like whenever they study the emissions, it's more harmful than like actual just paper. I think a lot of that is. I mean, when you talk <laughs> about big plants, like we have an electric plant over here, and the amount of electricity that gets pulled off, it's probably takes care of the city or whatever like that. But yeah, yeah. there's so much shit coming out of these like five smokestacks. And I'm looking at it just when I'm up going over the bridge or whatever, sitting in a traffic light, it's like dumping this black shit out. And I'm like, we're definitely breathing this stuff in. Like, and it can't be good for you. You know what I mean? Dude, I grew up like the city I grew up in is like, you know, it basically surrounds this giant plant like manufacturing chemical they do like plastic 
manufacturing or whatever. Ah, also, horrible. Also, dude, also a city where uh, it's like the highest crime rate in Texas. One of them. Are those things related? Most likely. A lot of methods. where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at in Texas? So the city is called Longview. Like that's what I'm from. It's like East Texas, kind of like outside of Dallas. I mean, a little way outside of Dallas. Dallas. Okay, so yeah, closer yeah. to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the. Uh, yeah, just a. It's a w- interesting place. I'll say that a lot of meth addiction, <laughs> which makes for you know a lot of Me- Methodists or Methodists or meth heads. Uh, both actually. <laughs> yeah. my, my dog. My dog likes to catch meth heads. He don't like them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> amen, dude. Dogs are smart as hell. They should know. He does. He knows. But you know, I, I tell him, listen, guy, you don't. You don't need to be. Uh, you don't need to be biting them them meth heads. You know, you'll get the disease or something like well, that. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. It's crazy that he can even like catch up to them. Meth addicts are like very spry <laughs> people. He, he catches them by surprise. I think. I think they they start getting complacent. And he just catches. Like I, one of them was just posted up on my. His mom, that's my ex, was posted up on his uh, or her side of her house. Just, yeah. I don't know, randomly like, hey, let me take a break here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and she had him on a leash and was walking him. <laughs> and she comes, she like, he like, he's a bulldog, you know, pit bull. So he like yanks her around the corner and she's like, what the fuck's going on? And next thing you know, he's got hold of the back of the leg of this meth head intruding in the yard you know what i mean the guy called the cops tried to try to have him thrown in dog jail and shit and yeah, yeah. The, cop, the cop was like wait a minute you're in <laughs> trespassing in somebody's yard while the yeah. dog was on a leash and it bit you and you want me to do something about the dog while you're how about i just take you to jail and the guy was like hobbled off bleeding somewhere like <laughs> oh my god yeah and then and then another another meth head was just come up to the car trying to panhandle off the interstate I was getting off and uh I had to like roll the window up because the dog was gonna go fly out there after I don't know oh, what yeah. it, it was weird because he's he's the greatest dog with everybody cats and like he doesn't hurt yeah. nothing yeah but man he wanted to tear this guy up and he had that he had the familiar symptoms of a meth head you know like you know he's a little squeakish <laughs> so you know I, <laughs> you can spot so, yeah, one from a mile away like it's it is a dis- I mean it's, it's, it's always a mile away because they're usually running 100 fucking miles an hour so I mean like <laughs> That's the closest view you'll get of one if it's running. That's for sure. Dude, yeah, that, I mean, uh, I I would be more scared of like a method than like any of your snakes. Like I would yeah, rather, yeah, maybe, because I mean, you, 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 if you hit a snake, it's gonna die or something. Like that. You hit a method, it might turn into an incredible fucking Hulk and rip your head off or something. You just never know what you're getting. Very it's true. Like PC guys on PCP, like these motherfuckers base jump off of buildings and don't even worry about the parachutes. They get up and run to the next one and shit. Dude, there was a Before dude, were... there was a, a dude who uh, was on PCP and ripped his testicles off and threw them at the cops. All right, that's a little rough, man. That's ballsy. I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think monkeys and primates do that kind of shit. That's, that's no. primitive shit. <laughs> I, I, now, when I was, when I was a kid, I remember in Miami, uh, my friend was a North Miami Beach police officer. And uh, he was talking about this meth head they were chasing and jumped off of like a five-story building roof. Like, just, just, just like jumped right off it. Like it was jumping off of a fucking curb or something. Smashes nice. into the ground, shatters his knees and legs and everything from like the knees down, just crushes his, and yeah. still gets up and runs like a hundred yards before he realized he had no legs under him. It was crazy. That's amazing. Like he, it, I mean, it's it's like you know, in one way you're like, man, I kind of want to fucking try this shit. 
and see what I can do. But then the other hand, it's like, no, that's, you're making bad decisions when you're jumping off a fucking building. Like, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, trust me. It is, it is crossed my mind multiple. I'm like, whenever I see people like who, like if I went to school with them, they look pretty good in school. Now I see them. I'm like, Oh, you look like you're 70 years old. Part of me thinks like, this must be amazing. Yeah. Like it must feel it's, so good. There's, there's something, I don't know. I mean, I do know, I'm the same way. I look back at a high school and some people look like they're aging worse than me. And there, honestly, there's some people where it's like, holy shit, you haven't changed a bit since high school. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but it's usually the girls. The girls kind of usually say the same. The dudes look like they're 90. Um, yeah. Like the, then the chicks all seem like they, I mean, you can tell they're older versions of themselves, but they still pretty much look the same, you know? Yeah. I mean, some of them, are, uh, some of them get slouchy and let themselves go, I guess, but. That's life. We all we all have the ups and downs of that age oh, comes yeah. like a motherfucker. Oh, God. <laughs> my, ber- my birthday is actually in like four days or something like that. Five hey, days. Like that. So I'm not sure if I want to like subtract a year and start going backwards or if, <laughs> or if I'm just going to accept the fact that I'm going to be that age. I'm not even going to throw that out there. But, you know. <laughs> hey, man. Well, happy early birthday. Well, I mean, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, Wild Boys was back in 2003. Yeah, so see, it's not it's not hard it's not hard to do math. That's twenty years ago, nineteen twenty years ago. Uh, is when yeah. we started Wild Boys. That's when I got bit by a cobra, my first snake bite, stuff like that. So I mean, there's a yeah. twenty year stretch, man. But if I look at it, in my mentality, it's like, man, I did a lot, a lot of cool shit in the last twenty years. You know what I mean? So, and I'm still going, and we're still going. Like we don't, yeah. you know, we're not stopping the adventures. Right now, the adventures are slow because COVID turned everything to shit. Like I, yeah. I, I do shows, I do live, live demonstrations for part of my season. And, uh, I haven't had a show in like three years. My, my buddy finally put on one of his festivals. He's like my, my little brother. And he hired us on to come do alligator wrestling shows and stuff like that. So really? we did, we did get like one gig this year, which, you know, kind of saved that month. But the rest of the year has been like super shit for the last three years. And, uh, when that started taking a dive, we were like committed to like rebuilding the facility, everything out here mm-hmm. in my animal compound, it's, you know, 10, 20 years old, different phases of things. Yeah. So it's time for like a, like an upgrade and you know, the, the new standards of fish and wildlife and everything like that, the, the regulations would get, you know, ridiculous sometimes, but to stay in compliance, we're trying to build everything over and beyond just where first off the animals are happy. Yeah. Second off, everybody will just leave us the fuck alone. Um, so it's been a trying thing doing that because trying to figure out where the income's coming in to pay the bills. And then the inflation right now is killing us on materials. Like we had a budget for getting X, Y, and Z done. And we're lucky if we get one thing done out of the five that we wanted to get done. So it's just, it's just been one of them. It's like, it's been, honestly, it's probably been the most challenging couple of years that I've probably had in, in my career, even I feel like because oh, I would imagine, yeah, it, it's just really, really weird because it's like things cost more, but money comes less, and I, I'm not understanding. I'm not a politician person at all, so I'm not yeah. even gonna get into any politics stuff. But I definitely know when you're basically paying and struggling and everything in your life just to work. Like I had to pick yeah. up a part-time job helping somebody take care of their animal collection, stuff like that. It's right up my, my alley. So it's yeah. not terrible, but I had to get something to cover all the expenses so I can use the extra money for upgrading everything here that I make, right. you know, doing my animal stuff. So it's what have been one of those things, man. It's, it's like it's for the first time 
you feel like you work your ass off to barely even break even. Yeah. And what, like, why are, why do people need to live like that? Like, why are we working to pay the tax man? And to, basically we're, we're like working and paying to work. Yeah. That's all well, we're yeah. doing. We pay, we pay the government so we can work to pay more money. It's like, what's, like, yeah. what do you get out of that? Well, that's so like, you- I, and I, and I've never had that type of thing. I, I've always been my own man successful early on, you know, because mm-hmm. I put my time, I, I started this when I was 10 years old with animal stuff. So by the time I was old enough to go on my own and do my thing, I had the credentials and the knowledge of the animal things where whatever Avenue I wanted to take, I was able to very easily just go that direction yeah. and take my, my knowledge with it and, and turn it into something. And, uh, it, I've always just kind of called my own shots. I've seen people in life, just in life in general around me, um, uh, watched my dad work at a place that he hated for a long time to support the family. And mm-hmm. as much as, you know, you have to do what you got to do, you see the, uh, and I never really talked about this, honestly, just, you know, because my dad, he, he's done the best he can. He just passed away mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why it's, I guess, easier to just go out and go out and say, but I did notice the emotional breaking of, of somebody that, and even my, like, same thing. I've watched my brother go through it. There's several jobs in his career. He's a an IT kind of guy. He's re, re, you know probably the best of what he does. Yeah. Um. But there's always when you have somebody else that you work for, I feel like that person has just some weird ability to make your life miserable, whether they try to or not. Yes. And it, it's, it's an emotional breaking, and to you know, and some people choose that. Like my brother is, he's like I said, he's great at what he does, so he's fully capable of just doing his own thing. But he kind of his checks and balances were: Do I want all this responsibility to do my own thing, and be, or do I just want to get my job done, get done, get that money, and enjoy spending the money any way I want to? And that's the path he chose. He just had to find the right person to work for that didn't make mm-hmm. him feel emotionally broken at yeah. the end of. Because you know, at the end of the day, when you're working for somebody else, you're putting your heart and soul into making them them rich for your paycheck, yeah. and your paycheck yeah. pays the government and everybody, you really don't enjoy life with what you're making that next person. So it, yeah. right there takes a, it takes a, it's a pride swallowing fucking holy shit just yeah. to even make that choice in life. And I commend people that can, that can balance that out and do that. Um, some people, it just becomes an unfortunate thing. You know, you have a, a family too early or something like mm-hmm. that maybe, or where you get married early, it doesn't work out. Now you got all these expenses. I mean, I, there's several situations, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, people like it, it could happen to anybody in any situation, but whatever it might be, you just don't have a choice. And that, that struggle is real too. Uh, I don't have kids. I've never been married. I was married to the animal industry early. So like having big cats and bears and all these things and all the animals that we take care of on a daily, uh, it's one of those things where you're, you're married to that yeah. industry. And that actually becomes more expensive, I think, than an actual family because, you almost require your animals to make that money back that you're putting into them, but because the expenses are every day, but the income's right. not. Yeah. So it, it's a really, really tough thing to balance. Like once you have the animals, it's hard to get ahead. So my advice that I give to people that are wanting to get into this now are get everything you want in order and then mm-hmm. decide what you want to take on. Because at that point, that's what you're committed to. And you need, yeah. you need to not worry about advancement. You need to worry about, putting your time and efforts into those animals. So it it was a learning thing for me. I mean, I was young. I'm one of the pioneers 
of what you see as far as like the YouTube influencers and stuff like these mm-hmm. days with the animal stuff. I mean, I'm, when Wild Boys and Jackass and all the stuff that I was doing on TV was around, it wasn't like YouTube work. Like, let me just yeah. put myself on TV. It's like you yeah. had to you had to work yeah. and put a lot of effort into trying to get noticed enough to where somebody wanted to put you back on again and again and whatever like that. And right. you know, there's all kinds. Of, so it was it was just a weird transition we're in right now. Like you know, it's like I feel like I have to re almost get reborn in my yeah. brain to try to try to to fit and you know keep my relevance and what I've already created. And it's not a hard thing. It's just the mental thing of making that commitment and it mm-hmm. is and I, and I'm not discrediting anybody that does the YouTube thing that makes good money at it because if you're making money at it you're putting time and effort into it like editing yeah. uh editing videos getting content making mm-hmm. sure the content's good making sure that you're doing professionally making sure you have less criticism on every angle that you it's like especially with animals so it, there's a lot that goes into it um and I, so I don't ever discredit anybody for that. I, I can appreciate yeah. the, the work that goes into it. I just feel like it's become, it's become the, uh, to where it's like the, almost like the industry standard is like these guys mm-hmm. out there that don't have the experience that myself and another hundred people like me that have put right. 30, 40, 40 years into this, this game. I feel like we get dismissed a lot because knowledge over fame doesn't exist like it used to there used to be a respect right. whereas hey that motherfucker's been doing this 50 years don't shit on him at all we're now it's yeah. like who cares I'm, I'm more fan fuck you i'll shit on this guy like exactly to the top. it's really really weird like we're in a very i guess it would be like a generational transition is how i have mm. to look at it we're in a different time and they say old dogs are hard to teach new tricks and it's not really too far from the truth at the end of the day <laughs> when you when you yeah. when you're raised like i feel like to comply with the way it is now, you have to almost drop a little bit of your moral standards and things on certain levels. And it's just, I don't know, man. My grandfather, he's been dead for a long time. And I still feel like he'll punch me in the back of the head if I fucking do something stupid like and, and treat somebody a, a certain way. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, to fight with people or whatever and have disagreements or whatever it might be. But everybody deserves a certain level of respect if, yeah. they, put, if they put that in there. And there just seems to be a lack of that these days. So, I mean, I, I can see that. I, 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 I'm all about bring back ass whoopings. Like people should be whooping their kids ass instead of, yeah. instead of like fucking participation trophies. I think that's stupid as fuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting awarded yeah, for he, trying. For showing not, up. Yeah. For showing yeah. up. No, how about, how about you fail because you're not a winner today? Go be a winner and make them try harder. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've only ever been an accomplished person in my life. Mm-hmm. Because I've never diverted from a goal. When I don't reach it, it's motivation to to get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I knew that I could go like this, like even for instance, like the YouTube thing. If this existed back fifteen years ago when we were pitching television shows, to yeah. Discovery and Animal Planet and all these things like that. If that existed, I'd be I'd be retired millionaire right now. Oh, for sure. We were we, we, we our content creation between myself and a couple of the guys that I work with, we were we were murdering the scene, you know. But yeah. we didn't put it on YouTube because we didn't want to relinquish those rights to put it out publicly for free. Yeah. Because back back then, footage was worth so much a minute, so much a second, blah 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 blah. Oh yeah. And we were about creating content, and selling it as opposed to just giving it away and putting ourselves on TV right. and 
it was more of a, a deserved thing instead of just a pop, popularity contest. And that's kind of what it turned into. Well, social media is kind of, social media ruined, I think not even social media, the internet has ruined several industries at the same time as it's elevated others. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Like it's made it very, it's made it very easy to network and to make money and things like that. But then mm-hmm. like in my, in my business, for instance, like back when we used to import export reptiles, you could import, I don't know exact numbers anymore, but I'll just throw like a half-assed number. So like you could import a, a Cobra for 50 bucks mm-hmm. and then turn around, bring it into the States. Once it gets here with shipping and all these different fees, you got about 70, 80 bucks into this thing. You turn around, uh-huh. you flip it for 200, 250 bucks. Right, right. Like, okay, there you go. Some come in dead, some come in sick. So they don't make any money. You got to, you know, figure that out. So it balances out. You still make a decent money. So then the internet comes around, everybody starts posting their price lists and they have these forums and all these little groups and all this mm-hmm. little shit. And these people that were importing from Indonesia or Malaysia or wherever, Taiwan back in the day, things mm-hmm. like that, they're on the internet too, because it's the worldwide fucking web. <laughs> so they're looking at it going, yeah. oh, oh, you're charging 250 Why are we only charging you 50 yeah, the price just went up to one fifty. The problem is the American people are like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm only paying two fifty for it. Yeah, yeah. So the profit margins get slashed up, and that happened not just with reptiles. It happened, with, I'm sure, birds and a lot of other industries. Oh, yeah. um, just any type of goods, the mm-hmm. import export goods. People start seeing the markups that get made because the cost of living in well, now even in Florida is the worst in the United States. But the United States is a very high cost of living for sure. Compared yeah. to like Mexico or mm-hmm. to Thailand or Vietnam or yeah. like, you know, I, I, I go to get Vietnamese food and I'm spending a 20 just to go in there for myself and eat. Yeah. You go to Vietnam, you're spending like $2 on the same food. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're happy to get that. Like they're not greedy. Like, like the difference is, is once something gets Americanized be, or Europeanized, mm-hmm. I guess would be the, would be the influence that I see. It's it's a greedy thing because yeah. countries like South American countries and Central American countries, I've been all through there, and I've um, I've, I've had friends of mine go to Asia, which is a dream of mine, is to go to like Thailand, mm-hmm. Vietnam, and go. I want to go see king cobras out in the wild. And see. Yeah, yeah. I want to interact with some 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 cool shit, but yeah. those types of countries that are non-European influenced, they're very very simple and appreciating people like they're very yeah. you know what i mean like life waking up to life in the morning right. is the best best feeling in the world and everything after that's a blessing and they acknowledge that and yeah well there's also not, make, there's not like the overall need of just like milking everything for like well, as exactly. much as i can get it's more just like all right what can i do to get by decently comfortably if whatever that amount is i don't need to go over that but well, that's, here, how, that's kind of how I live too. But yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's necessities. And that's why it's like money can't buy happiness. Well, at the end of the day, you need money to get to the things that make you happy. That's yes. the problem. It's like, and over there in these other countries, they just don't, the value of things have never exceeded the appreciation of things, I feel yeah. like. And that's, and yeah. that's where, and that's almost like a Native American culture where it's like the mm. law of the land, like you believe you, you you always like give more than you take kind of thing, yeah. you know. Right. Um 
take less, you know, take, take less than you give kind of thing. It's just one of those, mm. it's a mentality. Like if you're going to take something from the earth, give something back to it. Um, well, it's a conservation and, mentality. It, it is, it is. And, and, and same thing with Africa and like all these countries that are still have Aboriginal mentality or people mm. with that mentality, that that's the purest form of freedom and, and, uh, like no stress and there's just a yeah. lot of things in it. And it stems away from, and with or without being religious or anything, it just stems mm-hmm. away from like the bad things that you would see in a religion, like greed yeah. and all these things that I hate to say it, but all politicians seem to add up to the shit nobody wants in their life. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where um, I, I believe that taking that example of the people that, have nothing and are more happier than the people mm-hmm. that have everything yes there's some, some psychologically there that people are overlooking like this person yeah. has absolutely nothing doesn't even know uh, a, a fucking roku tv even exists and they're happy as hell in the morning sweating their asses off wearing a fucking loincloth yeah ain't nobody in america happy wearing a fucking loincloth sweating with no tv no. i can guarantee you that no you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just really like it's really weird when you start really paying attention to detail of different cultural things and the emotional content and and what they believe in and what they stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very easy to see that modern society is very broken. It's very broken in a lot of ways. It's fixed a lot of things to make it easier, but it's also made it easier to break more shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's really weird. Well, it's definitely like softened. I think just people's like mentalities, which is oh my just, God, everybody yeah. is a soft fucking pussy. Now it's like, you can't even, you can't even tell a joke. You're a comedian. You can't even tell a fucking joke with at least a 30% of the people wanting to complain about something you said. Dude. Well, the, uh, so like, even, I couldn't even say the phrase probably white guy without fucking people calling me a racist. And I'm fucking half white. Like what the fuck? You, like, you I'm can say white guy, white, but yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying though. But it's like, it's weird, but like weird things that used to be able to be said. Yeah. Now it turns into something different. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't, everything, every, everything has to have a pronoun to it. White, black, Hispanic. <laughs> it's just, it's always a racist yeah. thing. And, it, and it's weird. Cause like my grandfather, um, I could talk about him. I guess cause he's dead. He ain't going to kill me, but he was, he was grown up in North Carolina in the times where, I mean, he wasn't racist. Like he had, uh, like one of his best friends was Philippine and, you know, he had, he had different mm-hmm. family and like family type friends and different right, right. races. So he was never racist, but he grew up in the South where like, saying certain things, which I'm not going to drop on, <laughs> on your channel. <laughs> Thank just you. I don't want to, I don't want to be that fucking guy. I mean, normally I wouldn't give a shit because I stand by my beliefs and there's nothing. Yeah. I, 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 I have respect for every, anybody and everybody that deserves it. Um, it's how you treat me is how, right. where, where that stands afterwards. You know what I mean? Um, but it was weird because I remember growing up, I had a, a friend of mine. He was, uh, he wasn't white. I'll just leave it there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into all that again, but he, my grandfather would say things super offensive and it would offend me because this kid's my best friend, Yeah. but he wasn't saying it to be mean. He was just saying, it because that was the dialect that he grew up with. Like that's right. how they referred to things, but it made me, it made me angry enough seeing my friends like kind of feel some kind of way about it. And I, yeah. 
to me growing up, me and my brother always used to think, you know, we, we thought it was just funny the way he, he was. And then when you get older, you start realizing that that's not the way things really need to be. And my yeah. mom being that's his daughter, she never understood that. So she taught us at a young age, like everybody, it doesn't matter what color right. or, or religion or what, you know, people treat you like a good person. Then you respect that and don't, don't let, you know, and stick up for people like that. Yeah. Like we, my, 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 both my parents were always a anti-bullying, like don't like stick up for people that can't, that won't, they can't defend themselves kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so it was weird because in my lifetime, I've been called a racist and I've been called because of th jokes and things that I yeah, make, yeah. but these same jokes, like I, I've told with friends of all colors and we all laugh. So it was never a serious thing. Yeah. Like we always kind of had, you know, we grew up with comedians that based 90% of their material off racism, yeah. but it wasn't for anything else but to make people laugh. And the people they were making fun of was half of their crowd. Like it wasn't, yeah, yeah. no, no, nobody got offended like they used to. And then all of a sudden we get this wave of new, new age millennial, whatever the fuck's going on. I don't even know. Be honest with you. Yeah. What generation generation fucking weird, but <laughs> now everybody's offended by everything. And not only are they offended by it, they're trying to push the rest of the world to support that we're more racist now than ever. And I feel like we almost are like, we're definitely not as racist. But we weren't as racist as it is now in our country and our world as, as 20 years ago. It wasn't like that. It should have been no. worse, but it's not. It was yeah. it's worse now because you hear it all the time. You have to like step on eggshells just to say something that might not offend some. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, listen, right, I have right. my opinion. You have yours. I'm not, you know, I, I, have, I have no quarrels with anybody of religions and races yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't care what's going on in the world. Like I feel bad for the Vietnamese people that we were even over there blowing shit up. Like I look back on it now, like we went over and invaded a bunch of jungle fucking running around people for no reason, some type of greed. I mean, yeah. there's obviously an inside story, but right. I'm glad I wasn't alive back then because I would have looked at that and said, so something ain't right here. And I probably would have hung out with the Vietnamese people and you know been like a traitor or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, Cause it's like, I, it's like right and wrong is one thing, but to fight other people's, wars that for their own personal gain like i don't i don't believe in that you know yeah i support our military and everybody like to the utmost extent because you know to go out there and volunteer to do a job that a lot of people don't want to do um yeah. but i don't feel like they're necessarily being treated properly either because they're out there sacrificing their lives for things that aren't really helping what they think it's helping it's helping yeah. somebody else's pocket or somebody else's politics or somebody else's this or that and i just i feel like it's uh I don't know. It's probably time for some type of re re regeneration, rejuvenation of yeah. the way, the way, not just our country, but the way the world works. We have to start looking at things a little bit more because at the end of the day, the greed of we want this land, we want that land, like the whole Ukraine, Russia, the China, Taiwan and America mm -hmm. wanting a piece of everything because we fucking suck. And like just all these different things. It's like, where does it end? Yeah. After everything's destroyed, what do you fucking have? You have to spend all the money that could be helping. Like when we're helping people, like, like for instance, we have this thing going on in Florida. Everybody hears about this whole Burmese pythons running loose in the Everglades yeah. and all this shit. Yeah. All right. So, so like we we were doing some math on this shit the other day. It makes no fucking sense. So, for all these years that they've been in the Everglades since the fifties and shit. By the way, fifties, mm sixties, -hmm. they've been out there. Um, and there, there's a big population of them now. I'm not going to dismiss the fact that we, we have a situation out there, mm -hmm. but 
for a long time, it was in the Everglades National Park. Well, the National mm-hmm. Park is separate from the state of Florida. It's a federal right. national park. You know? Right. So the, the National Park Service was protecting these invasive pythons for all these mm-hmm. years, and that's where they were breeding. So the only ones that we were ever allowed to catch or get rid of were the ones that came out of the park. Yeah. Like right. So now you got this breeding hub of fucking pythons in this area that's being protected. <laughs> and all we're catching is the overflow on the outside of it. Yeah. And they're wondering why it's still a fucking problem. It's because every time you drive through the park, you see 10 of them, but you're not allowed to kick, pick them up and catch them. Right. Well, right. That, there's if, there, if, if half of those are females, then they're producing probably 50 a year each. There's another 500 of them. Yeah. Right? So, it's it, the Jesus. math is really easy. The, the math is really easy. So, for years they had this program called the conditional species permit. Once mm-hmm. they started realizing they need to kind of keep a better eye on people that have big snakes, because if they yeah, get yeah. tired of the fucking thing and they're just going to go throw it in the Everglades, it's going to be a problem. They've already figured that out. Yeah. So, and that's not how it started. A couple of them happened like that, but the main thing was during Hurricane Andrew back in '92 or '94 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it wiped down a building that was had a breeder and had a shitload of Burmese pythons. Oh, okay, okay. And that's where the, that's where it started to become a problem because now there's a lot of them out there in yeah. one area, and not just a straggler here and there. So they put this program together. Program consisted of having a permit, getting inspected, like I do for my alligators and crocodiles and snakes and everything here. All getting mm-hmm. inspected by the fishing game once or twice a year. You had to put a microchip in the animals you had to make sure if it did get out, they can pinpoint where it came from and that person was responsible, whatever. So in the 10 years they had this program, nobody had an escape, nobody had a release, nobody had any incidents of getting hurt or bit or the public hurt or bit or anything like that. Perfectly working program. And that permit also allowed me to go out in the Everglades, not in the park, but go out there, catch a python, put it in a pillowcase, bring it home. Most of the time I feed them to my King Cobras when they're small enough. But a lot of times I have guys in the pet trade uh-huh. that are in te- Texas and North Carolina and all throughout the country. So we ship the Burmese pythons to them. Safe right. note on that, if it gets loose in Pennsylvania, it's probably going to die once the winter comes because they oh, yeah. can't handle that. Right. So it's, it's a working system. Catch them out of Florida, ship them out of Florida, get them somewhere mm-hmm. else. There's no reason kids should be deprived of having a pet python. I was allowed to have one. So was everybody before me, generational. Like, at the end of the day, fair is fair. People should be able to enjoy the things they enjoy in life. Mm-hmm. Just regulate it so it doesn't become a problem. And I'm right. okay with that. Too. So then, like, three years ago, they came up with this new program called HSC, which is Habitat, Habitat, HSC, Habitat Species Conservation, I think is what it's called. Okay. So then they, they came in and they took all our permits away and said, you're not allowed to live capture any more pythons. You, it's mandatory. If you catch one, you have to kill it on site. Okay, yeah. well, I'm an animal. I, yeah, I'm an animal guy, and so was most of the people that were efficiently catching pythons in the wild. We don't want to kill animals for two reasons. We're, that's not what we do. We're yeah. not out just killing things to kill. I mean, I have no problem putting something down, euthanizing it. I'm a hunter. There's a lot of... Things where I'm okay with killing, yeah. but not just because they're forcing me to kill something yeah. that I very easily can send it out of state to a home where it's going to get cared for like a dog or a cat. Right. You know what I right. mean? Because th- that's the thing is somebody can go to a pet store and buy a pet dog or a cat, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But what if I don't like dogs or cats? What if I'm allergic to dogs and cats and I want a pet snake? Yeah. Like people shouldn't be deprived of their, their pursuit of happiness, which is in our constitution, you know, and our bill of rights and all this thing. So they, they make this law. And now, so here, here's a quick thing. Before they took my license, the year that I still had a license, the last year I had it, mm-hmm. I caught like 90, 90 baby pythons in like three nights, right? Really? So that's, that's 90 snakes out of the Everglades in three nights. And I made probably a hundred bucks a piece. So that's like nine grand I made, right? Yeah. So now not only are they cutting off my source of income, which could be potentially yeah. 10 to $15,000 extra a year to help me oh, feed yeah. and take care of my animals. They're making their problem worse. And then last year they had this Python challenge thing. They do it every year. They're getting ready to do another I one. saw that. Yeah. Super fucking stupid. Yeah. So they, they, they like put up like $3 million towards Python removal through the year or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think that I think the total number that was turned in last year was like 289 pythons. Okay. So when you break it down, it's like ten thousand four hundred fucking dollars per python. When I'm out there willing to do it for free to make nine grand for ninety snakes, right? And that's a third of what they did the whole year. I did in three nights. Right. Right. For the so, same amount so, of money that and, they were doing per snake. Not even for free. Yeah. Like basically, I'm doing it for free, and I'm I'm getting a hundred bucks a snake. They right, pay ten thousand right. dollars per snake when you do two hundred eighty nine divided by three yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, comes out to like ten thousand four hundred and change per snake. Dude. There's not a Burmese python on the planet that's worth ten thousand dollars, let alone no. a nuisance one out in the Everglades, right? So yeah. that's what my, that's in my mind. I see these numbers, and I'm like, why are we spending millions of dollars in tax money when? I had to go give the guy on the corner over there a hamburger because he's homeless, can't get a job, and can't eat. Like, what fuck's going on here? We're spending money yeah. on dumb shit when we have people willing to do it for free. Give us, like, give us our licenses back. That's a thousand people in Florida yeah. that's willing to go help. Yeah, and make way a way bigger dent in the make a problem. make a dent, make a dent, save the state and taxpayers money, and yeah. make the money on our own by selling them outside of the pet trade and. On top of us making money, we pay taxes, which is actually a state income as well. So yeah. we're helping more economically and politically in the whole nine yards doing it the old way than this new created way, which is counterproductive, costing money, yeah. costing livings. There's people moving out of Florida to Texas, to Alabama and stuff to yeah. take their animals because there's so many rights being infringed on here in Florida that's unconstitutional as hell. Like yeah. the interference of inter- the interference of interstate commerce, which is what that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the fact that I had a license for twenty five years or thirty years that says I can have bears and elephants and fucking venomous snakes, and king cobras. Yeah. And now they all of a sudden, thirty years later, they tell me I'm not qualified to handle a non venomous python. Are you fucking kidding me right now? So did that interfere with like what you're allowed to have now? Like, are you still able yeah, to have yeah, like yeah. your cobras so, so- and everything? Well, no. So I can have all my venomous stuff as of okay. now. They're trying to they're trying to pass laws to ban all that shit too. That's really? Like, yeah, it's getting ridiculous here. But the problem is, is like I had a python, an albino Burmese, an albino retic or something like that here. Uh-huh. Uh, after they had passed that law, and then they come out knocking on my door, telling me I have to forfeit the animals, like free. Like these are money animals that cost money, and I got to give them away so they can euthanize. Like what the fuck? Whoa! Dude. And he's and, and 
And one of these animals, my friend had raised from a baby. Yeah. And the other one, and the other one in question was given to me by the Florida fishing game because they confiscated it from somebody that didn't have a permit and gave yeah, it yeah. to me because I had one to hold on to. And then two years later, they took my permit and then they tried to tell me I'm a criminal because I have an illegal python. What? That's now, here's amazing. the thing. Here's the thing. So if you pick up a python, like let's say you came down from Texas, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, man, I want to I go out and see if I can find that. All right, let's go. We ride out. And I say, look, there's, there's a python right there. And you walk out there and pick this motherfucker up, little baby, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Pick it up and take a selfie with it. Put it on your Instagram and put that snake back on the ground because you don't want to kill it. Right. You're not a killer. You, you thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill this thing. I'm going to put it back down and just let it have a chance. Once you put that snake back down the ground, you're a fucking criminal. That's a criminal charge. Really? Yeah. Dude, that Crazy, is... Craziest shit in the world. The fishing game doesn't give tickets for captive wildlife stuff that's not criminal. Like, for instance, they just recently came out and did an inspection on my property. I had a structural thing that wasn't exactly mm. to a new sta- a new standard that was only a couple years old. Right, right. But now the but the building in question for twenty years it's the one where I got bit in the stomach on TV and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I had co- cobras and mambas and everything like craziest, deadliest shit in the world in that room. Yeah. Same room hasn't changed, but because they added new specs and I didn't have everything buckled up to that, I got mm. a criminal fucking citation. I'm fighting it in court right now. A criminal, not like it, that'd be like getting a fucking cracked windshield ticket and having to go to misdemeanor court over it. Yeah. Instead of just paying the ticket and go home. Right. No, I, I'm fighting for a criminal fucking record. And then on top of it, they passed a law in the midst of all this court shit. That if you get any type of citation or warning against your inspection, mm-hmm. they can deny the renewal of my license, even though I've been licensed for thirty years. Really? Dude, yeah. What? So I'm I'm literally I'm literally over a misdemeanor citation that was a structural thing and had nothing to do with the, the health or the care or the well being of an animal. Nothing yeah. at all. I'm fighting for my livelihood. Like they can take it away because if I do get my license taken, I'm not allowed to work with animals for at least three years. Wow. And I do that. My job is working with animals and my livelihood on top of it. So yeah, and you've been what, doing do I, it what do I, what do, I do my entire life? I was 10. Never went to school or nothing for anything else. I've been an animal guy my whole life. Dude. And now my now the fear of going to bed and waking up tomorrow and it all might not be there is, is, is present. And I've never had to deal with that in my life either. That's, that is insane. Like, it is almost as though <laughs> the government is incompetent. Well, there's, well, here's what, here's what, well, here's what it boils down to. Yeah. PETA, PETA has a stronghold in a lot of things. They have, they're a very powerful entity. They have a lot of money. Yeah. So when they, when they bark, people listen because they start threatening with lawsuits and stuff that they can pay for and keep people tied up. And finally, they give in because they're like, all right, just drop this lawsuit yeah. and we'll give you what you want. Well, they're terrorists. So got, they're fucking terrorists. Yeah. So that's what's going on. I think there's some infiltration because the influence that I see in the agenda for the fishing game in Florida now is kind of like a HSUS or a PETA thing where they just don't want people to have animals at all. Like this new list, oh, yeah. of proposed, this new list of proposed banned species and shit like that, that they've mm-hmm. put out like fucking ball pythons are on. They get like this bit, you know, a ball what python. The? And the thing, yeah, the yeah. thing that's fucked up, and the thing that's fucked up about it, it's like, for instance, like if I reach over here, let me see. It's not a good example of one. Like this here, for instance, okay? Like, 
this is a fucking ball python. It's as big as it gets, right? Yeah, yeah. This one just this one just happens to be a cool, cool patterns and different weird shit, you know, yeah. on it. Oh, so yeah. So this yeah. Wor- this, this snake's probably worth over a thousand dollars. Right. Why is in it- the fuck? Why in the fuck would I go turn loose a fucking snake out in the Everglades? It's worth a thousand fucking dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't. Like people right. don't do this shit. That's how. That's how retarded they are. They just people are not gonna do. Like the guys that do ball pythons have shit that's worth five ten thousand dollars why mm-hmm. would they turn it loose like they're going to be super careful about it so to yeah. tell people you can't you can't breed or fucking sell babies of your shit anymore after they've invested tens and twenties and hundreds of thousands of dollars into it yeah like how do you do that to somebody like you're literally yeah. like telling them you can't make a living doing what you spent all your investment into doing yeah well because they don't care I mean, they don't care about like they don't. They don't the care. aftermath <laughs> of like their decision. So they make a decision because they think, "Oh, this is going to make us look good. Look at us, we're saving the world." But they don't care there's, about there's, the fact there's that there's, this there's aftermath. somewhere there's money in it. Somewhere there's money in it because well, if you PETA. look at the reality, if you look at the reality, it's like this. Not even with PETA, but in, in general, like law enforcement, government, anything like that. Mm-hmm. The fishing game, like here's a good one: save the Florida panther. Yeah, it's always been a big thing. Florida panthers always been known to be an endangered species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my theory's always been this: save the habitat, and the animals can save themselves on their own. We don't, we yeah. they didn't, we didn't have to, we we didn't interfere when they were doing it before we invaded them. Right. We don't need to do it now. We need to give them what they need to do it on their own. Yes. But it's a it's like a land grab thing. Like when you're developing all this land in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And the, the data statistics show that each cat needs so many square miles for territory purposes and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. When you get males overlapping territory, they kill cubs, they kill females. They do. The statistics yeah. are there. At the end of the day, Florida has as many Florida panthers as it can sustain with what's, excuse me, what's, what's left of natural Florida. Right. So, this whole program that's been ongoing for 20 years, save the Florida Panther. They'll never have a solution for that because mm-hmm. the people that work on that, if they solve that problem, they lose their job. Yeah. I've never known a government entity to ever sacrifice their own job for the greater yeah. good. It doesn't, it doesn't work like no. that. No. And it's, and it's not going to start working like that. As a matter of fact, our yeah. world's more greedy now than it ever has been. So why would they start solving problems? I mean, it doesn't, you know, that's yeah. See, that's so like just, asinine to me of just like the fact that yeah man i mean like well it's just that you know animals have like or people in general too but animals specifically have a built-in desire to just live so if you leave them alone they're probably gonna do it they've been doing it way longer than well, we've been look, around look, look like, at it like this like these like like new york people come down they move to florida oh there's a fucking alligator in the backyard well asshole you just moved to florida on lakefront property yeah next to the everglades like what do you think there's fucking just fucking minnows in there only like what the fuck <laughs> like they have four yeah. legs and they like water they go to it like i don't fucking tell you and then yeah. what they do is they'll call the fishing game send out a trapper and they usually kill the alligator so all these fucking idiots that want to invade and live in Florida because of whatever reason, it has nothing to do with living in Florida or else they wouldn't be yeah. killing all the fucking alligators that come in their backyard. You know what I mean? It's no, like- dude. Like I remember the first time I went to Florida, like the first time I went to Florida whenever I was a little kid, it took about an hour before we saw an alligator. And I was like, but we weren't like, oh, we got to like get rid of this thing. We were just like, oh, like this is Florida. There are alligators. 
it's pretty crazy we saw one like in an hour like we didn't think we'd probably even see one but like our reaction I mean, wasn't they're, they're, like oh I mean, get they're, rid they're of out it here. oh yeah, yeah like, they're I out mean, here i mean well that's the thing it takes different here's the thing man it boils down to our what we were just talking about a minute ago it's that, it's that respect of of nature and the land like these animals yeah. are here if you're gonna move here expect to move here and share the environment with the animals that were already here yeah and and show that respect you know at the end of the day i've been working with animals for a long time i've never had well, i'm not gonna say never i've had a couple unprovoked alligator attacks in the wild but we were swimming in the water with them things like that so it's yeah, not yeah. unprovoked meaning like we didn't do anything but being in their territory certain times of the year it triggers them to, to, right. to defend themselves so that would be the, the you know the reasoning for our, the unprovoked incidents that we've had. But at the end of the day, these animals just want to, like you said, they just want to exist and be themselves. Yeah. They're, they're not looking to hurt people. Like I just a couple of days ago picked up a, a couple of rattlesnakes that I got calls. Uh, uh-huh. The water's been up, raining a lot, so the water's up and caught an eastern diamondback in somebody's yard next to their barbecue grill. And they said, you know, they they got my number from somebody and. Uh-huh. Uh, when they heard that I would come out and remove them as opposed to, you know, killing them or anything like that. He said, you know, he didn't really want to kill it. And he yeah, yeah. thought that was, thought that was a good option. So they called me and, and it's, it, you'd be surprised like people that just don't understand enough about it. They're, they're the ones that first want to kill everything and then deal with it later or whatever. Most of the time it's not even a venomous snake, like a rat snake or a black racer. Well, I'm sure you've heard this. Like the is, I mean, it's definitely like a Texas thing. I'm sure it's probably not just Texas, but like the old like phrase, like a good snake is a dead snake. Heard, I heard it, is, heard it a million times. I hear it all the time, a million yeah. times. And I do shows, so I hear that all the time in shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, when, I, when I educate people on my shows is this. Snake is here as part of the food chain for a reason. So if you don't like snakes, that means you really must love rats and mice in your house. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what you're going to get. If you don't have rat snakes, and like the king snakes will keep the rattlesnakes and stuff at bay. The, uh, the rat snakes will eat the rats and mice. The, the rattlesnakes right. will eat the rats and mice. Um, at the end of the day, just because you have dogs and children, the thing you need to be teaching your dogs and children is watch where, you, you know, watch where you're running. Yeah, and don't screw saying, with them. Like especially out in Texas, there's so many fucking Western Diamondbacks and shit out there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, a friend coral of mine lives in San Antonio. Too. Yeah, coral snakes too. My friend lives in yeah. San Antonio, and she does snake removal. Okay. A lot of rattlesnakes, a lot of copperheads, yeah. a lot of, a lot oh, of co- coral yeah. snakes. Too. Copperheads and water moccasins uh, are like really bad. So she, yeah, she does that, and I don't know if she charges or if she does it for free like I do, but she's the same thing as me. Like she'll go drive hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. to rescue an animal just so the people that own the house won't kill it. And then she'll remove yeah. anything in the area while she's there to keep their houses safe. So there are people out there willing to help as yeah. long as people respect those animals enough. Hey, I don't want it here, but I don't want it to die. That mentality mm-hmm. is really, really okay. Um, but, yeah. but another thing that people don't think about, and it's statistically correct, is when you go out of your way to kill a snake, like, oh, I see a snake 20 feet over there. I'm going to go kill it with a shovel. Or, or fishing pole or whatever the hell you're hitting it with at the moment, you're literally increasing by over 50% chance of getting bit by that snake that you wouldn't have had if you just left it alone. Well, yeah, because the snake's not going to actively seek you out to... No, no. As a matter, mean, of, fact, as a matter of fact, a rattlesnake really. especially... So a rattlesnake has the ability with their pits because they're pit vipers mm-hmm. to detect how big you are, how much you weigh and how much venom it has to inject in you to kill you. 
okay. used mostly for mostly for hunting. Like they they need to know when they see a rabbit or a rat or a mouse or whatever where its vital areas are, where the best place to deliver that venom, to knock them down and mobilize them quickly. Cause you're looking at an animal that has no arms, no legs. It relies on its venom to immobilize its prey. So it doesn't have to crawl 50 fucking yards to go eat. Yeah. It wants to be able to crawl 20 feet, eat it, go back to its den, coil up, digest its food and be left alone. Um, that's kind of like the, the idea of a snake, eat, mm-hmm. sleep, sun itself, shed, shit, eat, sleep, you know, rinse, yeah. wash, repeat. So it's one of those things where having understanding about the animals takes people's fear away from the animal. And I, and yeah. that's what we try to do. Like my main thing is to educate people enough to where we can step that fear aside and start looking at more of a progressive way to, to exist, coexist with these animals yeah. instead of being so, so negative. Cause I mean, honestly, the coolest experiences in my life were coming out in the backyard one time and there was a Florida Panther hanging out with one of my cougars out by the cage. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, my cougar was in heat and the Florida Panther came up and he came around for days and every, several days I'd go outside and he'd be just hanging out with her playing yeah. with her and stuff. That's awesome. And, uh, going out in the woods and walking around and all of a sudden a fucking bear comes walking out like shit like that. <laughs> it, I yeah. mean, I understand bears, so it's something that's not scary to me, but, just to be able to exist on that level where you don't have to be afraid of it and be able to appreciate it and, and absorb yeah. that energy of that moment. Like I'm a real big energy guy. Like mm-hmm. when I talk to somebody, if, if that energy's fucking sideways, it's like, nah, like, you know, yeah, if yeah. my dog, if my dog doesn't like somebody, it's like, yo, get the fuck out. Let's go wait outside. That's a great you know, like, song. I'm just real. Yeah. A lot of it. My cat, a cat the same way. He, he loved everybody. But if he didn't like you or if, if you were shady, he'd go fucking hide in a certain spot. So when I go over and lift up this fucking deer hide and see the cat laying there, all right, y'all got to get the fuck out of here. Like somebody <laughs> in the house, you know, somebody was fucking up and they got to go. So yeah, it, yeah. I, I just pay attention to like that, that energy that I get from people. If it's negative or if it's like gloomy, I, I, I try to keep it at an arm's distance. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, recognize positive and good energy whether it's talking to a person or interacting with an animal or just being out in nature and feeling that that breeze before a rain or mm-hmm. or whatever like the, the the environment and the world and the universe puts energy in different directions and if you're tuned into enough to where you can absorb it and feel it mm-hmm. you stay on it you stay on a good plane like mentally you know what i mean it doesn't let, yeah. like like there's a certain level of mental anguish that i won't go below like i'll let myself get taken through the depths of fucking holy shit but i'll never get rock bottom and i'll never get past a certain point everything past that point just goes without me you know what i mean i'm willing to help i'm willing to help people i'll give people a lifeline but when i get to that level it's like cut the cord see ya well do you You think that like handling so like when you do handle like a venomous snake so a cobra rattlesnake whatever it may be that that there's some kind of like, you know, peace of mind that you get because you have to be a hundred percent in that moment. Like your mind can't wander. So, like, is that so here's a thing? I, it kind of is. So yes and no. So the passion behind me just loving snakes and just always been attracted to a lot of things about them. I mean, these things have no arms, no legs yet. They're, apex predator top of the food chain in a lot of situations right yeah so it kind of makes kind of makes you think like there's no handicap really there 
mm-hmm. it's just how you how you uh observe it you know it's it's all it's all a uh, what's the word i'm looking for perspective it's all yeah. about perspective perspective changes everything in life so like it's easier to say i'm having a shitty day fuck this day or i'm having a shitty day but this happened so let me just use that positive thing to move forward with the rest of my day like perspective on things can change the outcome of a lot of things as well as your mental health and, and everything else how, how i feel about it and i learned a lot of this stuff from working with animals like um over the years training animals you you can easily like a dog you can you can smack a dog and discipline them and make them scared of you so when you say get over here it comes running over because not because it wants to, because it's just scared of the consequences, you know? Right, right. Or you can approach it like, how do I talk to this dog where the dog understands it? Because it definitely don't understand the way you and I are talking right now. Right, right. It, understand, it understands the emotional content behind the tone of voice or the, mm-hmm. the loudness or, you know, volume, things like that. But it doesn't know that I'm saying, you know, like, like, I, I could name a dog asshole and it has no idea what a fucking asshole is. Yeah, yeah. And as long as I, as long as I treat it well, while I call it asshole, I could be like, Hey asshole. And it's going to come running right up to me. Happy as shit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. So it's, they don't understand English. They understand real energy language. Like yeah. how are, how are you making me feel? That's why they say dog can sense bad people or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's tough to explain. So when it comes to the snakes, the same thing. I, I have a I, I love snakes. So studying behavior of animals and becoming really good at it has helped me in all aspects of life. Like mm-hmm. learning the difference between a, a lion, a tiger, a leopard, a jaguar, and their different body languages and things that they tells what they're going to do to help me predict their behavior, things like that. All those little differences grow that knowledge over and beyond so it carries over into other things so like when it comes to people people are really really easy to read because mm-hmm. they don't have like you kind of got to expect anything from a person first off yeah second off there's a lot of tells with people like body language people don't conceal enough because primitive instinct has escaped modern people for the most part so a lot of things are very are very cookie cutter. Like it's very yeah. easy to see something coming. Um, so the animal being good at animals has taught me to be very good with people and like how to like deescalate situations and not like I used to I used to be into like wanting to just fight shit out and give a fuck. And then like as you get older, it's true when they say as you get older, the less you want you get smarter, not fucking stupider and ballsy or whatever. That's true because like yeah. I catch myself now like let me win mentally instead of beating the shit out of somebody. Like at the end of the day. I feel like if I beat the shit out of somebody now, I'd, I'd go home hurting more than that person just because I'm old and brittle and snake bites and all this shit. Like, I, 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 if I hit somebody, I'd come home crying about my hand more than they'd be crying about their face. <laughs> so it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, all right, if I, if I, and I'm not a loser, so I got to stay on the winning column. So let me find a different way. You know, yeah, that's yeah. just, and that's just adaptation to any situation is the way to advance. And that's just kind of how it's been with animals and people and everything. So when it came to the snakes, it was the same thing. Like, I have the cobras, the rattlesnakes. I learn a lot about them. So there's a lot of things when I'm not doing a show where I'm very complacent. I understand the animals very well. I I can make it look really easy or I can, you know, stand my toes, make it look hard. But like with all the other things too, is the animals, they relate 
to whatever energy you're putting off. So if you're very, like in my shows, for instance, I'm very standoffish because it's a show. It's entertainment. Nobody nobody wants to see a fucking rattlesnake that doesn't rattle. So I have to put myself out there to make myself feel threatening so it'll rattle. Yeah. So now I have a, now I have a different animal. Now I'm not handling an animal that I know I can just pick right up with my hands or do whatever I want to, and I'm not going to have to worry about getting bit. Now I'm turning that animal on into an animal that you don't want to fuck with. Right. You could right. go to because you, you could die right now. So when once I've made the choice to turn those animals into that behavior mode, then it, it becomes a different thing. It's an energy thing. You you. There's certain things in the moment where I know, yes, I can get away with it. No, I can't. Yeah. And I make that call. That, that call is usually on the fly. Um, but you do get like an adrenaline charge from it. It's, a, it's an addictive part of it because it's like your whole life, you're preparing for certain moments. And with my field and the, what I decided to do, these are the moments mm-hmm. that I prepare for. And that's why I don't have a family. I don't have a wife. Yeah. I don't have. Like when you have things to lose, you can't be great at risking yourself. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's, that's kind of what I take into that mentally is I, I, I'm risking my life, but I don't want to die. I'm not scared to die, but I don't want to. I got other things I want to do, you know, like yeah. dates to go on and fucking places to see and animals to fuck with. Like if yeah. I die tomorrow, don't get me wrong. I could very easily have the person at my funeral say, "Hey, I was happy with my life until I died, no regrets." Yeah. But I don't want to. So right. when I go into that, I go into it with the attitude that, like I have nothing to lose because right. I don't have a family. I'm like I got my mom and my brother and stuff to be upset mm-hmm. if I died, but they also know what I do and they've accepted like I'm doing what I enjoy and that's I'm, I'm making my own choices. Mm-hmm. So dying on your own fucking on your own call, it's not a bad thing. So I've accepted yeah. that. So that that's out of the way. That doesn't bother me. So now you're on this edge of how far can you get to that edge without falling off that one way or other. It's like a razor blade, right? Mm-hmm. And you're on the middle of it. So if you have children and stuff and you start worrying about what if I die, what if I die, now you're leaning yeah. this way. Or if you start li- – so yeah, I, yeah. I eliminated all that. I eliminated all that that draw. Yeah. And I ride a very, very fine line. And when I'm in that zone, usually a big King Cobra is a perfect example. Cause mm-hmm. when I get them in the mode to where they want to bite me, it's not as easy as just handling them anymore. Now it's yeah, yeah. hand eye coordination. It's being in fucking energizing sync with that animal to know what's coming. And, uh, then I'm in a zone. So when that happens, I don't see a crowd. I don't hear people talking to me. I don't hear mm-hmm. it's just me and that fucking snake. And you'll yeah. see some of my photos. You go to my Instagram and mm-hmm. see me on some of the videos. Like I'm just, I'm dialed in. I'm so focused. It's like nothing, like an explosion yeah. couldn't break my fucking focus. No, you it's can crazy. tell, you can tell in the pictures, like Aaron videos or like of you handling, especially like Cobras, like it is a laser focus. Like it's pre- yeah, like yeah. very precision. Like I'm like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And, and you know what? That's, and that's my biggest criticism with a lot of the, uh, the, the people I see nowadays, you go on YouTube and you or Instagram and you see people fucking with crocodiles and alligators and snakes yeah. and big cats and things. And you see these animals that are dangerous, mm-hmm. deadly in most cases. And the person will be like touching the animal mm-hmm. like this over here. like, And then they're looking at the camera. And it's like, listen, <laughs> I've been doing this 35 years. 
And even me, with all the experience and focus and everything that I've put in my brain and education of those animals, I'm not even good enough to fucking feel with my hand and not be looking at the animal yeah. to keep myself out of, a, of an accident happening. For sure. And I know, and in most cases, it doesn't. Like, you're being realistic. A lot of the things you see, people get away with 10 times, 50 times, 100 times. Yeah. But what about the 101 time? <laughs> and then your arm, and then your arm's gone, or your hand's gone, or you're yeah. in the hospital from a snake bite, or you fucking, you're missing a fucking ear from a tiger, or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, is it worth is it worth not giving that animal that deadly dangerous animal the respect it deserves by giving it some attention when you're fucking with it yeah like th that to me it's like it's disrespectful to the ability of the animal and it dismisses sure. it and, and and when other people see it the new generation see it that's what keeps going because people think it you don't need to give it that attention and that yeah. respect and yeah. that's that 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 peeves me more than anything out there i i'm i'm kind of happy that more people are getting into the animal thing i'm just not happy with the direction i see it going yeah because of the mentality of it's just it's lack of knowledge lack, lack of experience and lack of what like i've seen some rise and falls in the animal industry mm -hmm. and most of it has to do with the way people are presenting it and they're not presenting it in a manner that people are going to take it fucking serious they're dumbing it down and turning it into like when you see people like petting alligators and yeah, kissing yeah. them and act, acting like, okay, yeah, it can be done. Anything can be desensitized. Anything that you put enough time into it, you can interact yeah. with it in ways that people yeah. don't think is possible. And that's fine. I'm not dismissing the knowledge and, and the time and effort that put, that's put into that kind of stuff. But when you only display that and you don't display the devil's advocate side of that animal and the capabilities and how dangerous it can really be. Mm -hmm. You start making them look cute and cuddly and poor animal. We shouldn't fucking kill it. We shouldn't hunt it. We shouldn't do this. Now we got PETA knocking on the door again. Yeah. PETA doesn't give a fuck about shit that's demonized to the point where they're scared of it. Yeah. So in my mind, if we want to save our industry, we need to keep some, we need to keep the demonizing some of this shit for what it's really worth. Not what yeah. it could be, what it is naturally. It's right. naturally a dangerous animal. Yes, yeah. it can be conditioned to be this, but every alligator in the wild, you're not going to go up and pet it or you're going to lose your fucking hand. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and, and that's the missing part of the presentation of is the capability of what we're fucking with, not, you know. Well, and it's also to me like how much time and effort is put into like giving education at the same time because if you look at like the how you're saying the rises and falls a lot of it i think has to do with just the fact of like is there somebody out there who is showing these animals but is also like so obviously like passionate? educating them yeah so like Steve well, that, and and that's, the thing. Corbin, that's like, the thing that people people don't don't uh that's the other thing people don't realize like even steve Irwin and uh, rest in peace like i have no 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 nothing bad to say about him but one thing that, that people are not understanding is he put himself out there in the, in the manner that he did the Steve Irwin mm. show or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was, I didn't grow up on that. Like he wasn't right, my right. fucking, he wasn't my animal hero. I respected yeah. him for what he was. He was an animal guy. He loved animals. He was passionate. He believed in conservation, things mm. like that. Like I, I, I utmost respect for him and what he did, but 
when I first saw Steve Irwin on TV, I had already had been wrestling alligators for six years or eight years. And I've already had been handling snakes and cobras and big cats. I had my own big cats already. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I got, I was, I've already been there, done most of what this guy's trying to do on TV. And I was doing a very poor job at some of it. Why not? Because he wasn't capable, but when you're doing a show and you're going to a tiger sanctuary one day for two days and that's it, you're mm. not a tiger expert in two days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the lack of paying his dues to each aspect of the animal world, it shows like when you, that guy fucked with a crocodile, you could tell he's put a lot of his life into handling right. alligators, crocodiles, things like he knew a lot about them. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Australian wildlife in general. He knew a lot mm-hmm. about Australian wildlife. He grew up there his whole life. He, he indulged him, his father at the zoo. Like his whole life was about that. Yeah. But when you start coming to like America or you go to Thailand where cobras are and there's just different mm-hmm. behaviors of things, you can see very clearly as an animal guy what he was comfortable with what he was okay right right so but the way the show explained it was that he was an expert in everything yeah and made people believe that and see that so then all of a sudden when the stingray thing happened oh man it was just a one in a million fucking fluke of nature no it wasn't Uh, a stingray by that statement alone is just lack of knowledge of fucking stingrays i'm no stingray expert by any means but i do know enough to, to know that when you get a stingray and you flip the fucker over, it's got all these little holes, like little pores on the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. And those are like almost like sensors, like a sonar sensor. So they know exactly where an animal's heartbeat is at all times. Really? That's their, de- that's their defense. Yeah, yeah. Okay? When they get attacked by a shark, you know, if, if they can get to where something vital like that, that would mm-hmm. immobilize the shark. I mean, it's a, yeah. stingray is very, very painful. Even if you get stung by one that big, it'll drop you on your knees. Very, very painful. Yeah. Um, the, the heartbeat thing, the only reason why I don't think it's, I, I say it's not a fluke of nature is because like four days after Steve Irwin got killed, a guy here in Florida had one jump in his boat in the intercoastal uh-huh. and he reached down and pick, up, pick it up to throw it back overboard and it popped, it, it popped him in the heart. Damn. So That's crazy, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, it, it, uh, it, it was one of those things where him having to live up to that expectation of the show. Yeah. I think compromise maybe his judgment a little bit to be a little more overconfident because I'm not saying Steve Irwin wasn't capable of swimming with stingrays. It's not a really yeah. hard thing, especially in an environment where that area probably was people were doing it all the time. They were pretty conditioned. Yeah. What they don't understand is when you add elements, and I know this just from gaining content with uh, my friend, Mark Rackley, he's a, mm-hmm cameraman from wild boys jackass and also shark week fucking extraordinaire like he's another got a couple another of, badass another <laughs> badass matter of fact anybody watching this be sure to tune into shark week this week he produced his own show him and another shark week veteran they produced their own show about great white sharks off of cape cod and they're fucking swimming with them and all kind of wild shit so yeah. tune in for shark week this, this year yeah but anyway so they you got a guy there that's a shark, that's a stingray expert, which was never mm-hmm. on camera as, hey, I'm going to do whatever this guy tells me so I can stay alive. Like, that would have been right. the respectful thing to do is give the guy credit that put his life into stingrays, teaching yeah. a new guy. Like, like for some reason, ed- people that want to educate themselves attracts people. That's attractive to people. Like, right. a humble, 
I want to know more. I want to be the best at what I do. So I need this yeah. guy to teach this kind of thing, which has always been my idea for my own show. So if it ever gets stolen, we've heard it here first, right? <laughs> but anyway, so I feel like that being pushed into that because, you know, Animal Planet had a format they wanted for his show yeah. and they wanted him to be that guy. But I think that kind of could have caused probably a little bit of compromise in his demise mm-hmm. because um, when you add the elements like a cameraman, that's a giant eyeball to a fish mm-hmm. or a shark or a stingray. Yeah. And you're swimming around and cornering it off and blocking it off. And then you got Steve swimming above it. Now this thing's feeling defensive. An animal that was sure. probably complacent before that. Yeah. Now its defense is on. And then this is the part that I wouldn't know any better. A stingray expert could probably fill in some of those blanks. But I'm sure if we were able to watch the footage up to the moment, mm-hmm. there was some type of tell from that stingray that a, a stingray behavior expert would be able to point out yeah that was telling him back the fuck off or i'm gonna get you exactly and that's where i felt and that happens a lot where it's again it's not taking any digs at steve i mean i miss Mm -hmm. the guy i respect him i wish he was still here with us because he did a lot of great things he brought awareness to our industry like no like no other he was the best at it um i just wish that they would have formatted a little bit different for him to absorb that education publicly and it wouldn't have been so i felt like he was almost pushed to be that guy more than yeah than he needed to be sometimes and well and being pushed probably out of his comfort zone or area of expertise because well definitely would- def- definitely because even myself i've been in those situations where like even with wild boys or something like that where they're like mm-hmm. oh we want to do x y and z yeah and it's like yeah that, that's cool but you're not an animal guy so X, Y, and Z equals really fucking stupid. Let's regroup. Like uh, certain <laughs> things that I just want, you know, and, and not even Wild Boys yeah. Jackass. I've had other TV shows. Hey, we want you to want to do this show about snakes. And we were thinking about this. Like I had one show. They were like, you know, what, what, what kind of venomous snake can, can you get bit by where we could film it? Like fucking none. <laughs> fucking asshole. Like I'm not fucking getting bit by on That was a I mean, real question. Times. Yeah. Like, but that's the Dude. thing, man. When you got people, that are thinking about what people want to see yeah. and they don't know anything about animals, they're going to come up with some asinine fucking ideas because they sure. don't know. And then when I sit them down and say, okay, here's why. And yeah. then I explain like one of my snake bites, like how I'm near death and fucking dying and liver failure and all, all this shit. Yeah. Oh, a hundred thousand fucking dollars of this and 200 dollars. The end of it, 500 grand for one snake. They're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Of course you don't want to do that. Yeah. You're going to pay for that and I'm going to die for it. So fuck that. Yeah. So, it's just one of those things, like you know, like like me going into a computer store and asking them about fucking gigabytes and rams and fucking sheep and all kinds of weird shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm gonna go in there and ask dumb questions. And the guy that that knows his shit, I guarantee, is rolling his eyes every time I turn my head, going, "Is this guy fucking serious right now? Yeah. Like, do you know anything? No, I don't know anything about the shit. Like, tell right. me what I need to know." So. Right. It's just one of those things, man. Everybody has their niche. Like, I don't go telling the fucking cable guy how to run fucking cable. I don't go telling fucking plumbers how to do their job. I don't need yeah. people trying to tell me what I fucking be doing with mine. I know I'm an expert at what I do. And I don't even say expert. I say expert very loosely because I don't believe there's such thing as an expert in anything. If you haven't absorbed the idea that you're learning until you're dead, then you're no yeah. expert. Only an, only an expert can acknowledge they're always they're not going to be an expert. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I feel like 
I feel like I, I, when I'm when I'm gone, I'll, I'll be looked at as some type of legend in a lot of senses for a lot of things that I've accomplished. But at the end of the day, like uh, there's a lot of shit that I don't know, and I just don't have the opportunity to learn it. And I'm waiting yeah. for that opportunity, like like going out to Thailand and seeing these snake handlers out there that are the original cobra handlers. Not you know, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm like the American version of like American <laughs> fucking ninja over here and shit. You know what I mean? So I want to yeah, go yeah. there and see what they're doing because I've, there's a lot of things that I've heard over the years of why mm. they get away with certain things. And here I'm yeah. doing it the hard way and risking my ass going, Oh, I could have fucking cheated this whole time. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like I remember one time my, but, uh, my buddy from, uh, uh, was the swamp brothers, my buddy, Robbie Kezzy. Uh-huh. He's from that show swamp brothers from discovery channel. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, him and I've known each other since I was like 15 years old. Like, uh, okay. he, I used to spend the night at his house. He was a snake handler. I was a snake handler. He had cobras mm-hmm. and shit. I'd come over there and fuck with all this shit whenever I was a kid. But I was yeah. good. You know, I was always really good at what I did. I was a natural. So then I remember he shows me this video one time. I'm a kid. And he's like, look, man. Because I was kissing cobras like on top of their fucking heads like uh-huh. this, right? Yeah, yeah. He shows me this video of some fucking lady, black and white, old video. And she gets this big ass king cobra out. And she's fucking kissing it like nose to nose, like right on its fucking lip. Ooh. So he's so he's fucking with me. And he's like, man, he goes, see, you're a pussy. If you weren't no bitch, you'd fucking do it like this. So then <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took, I sat there and I got bothered. Me. Like one day I'm like, I am a fucking pussy, man. What the fuck? So okay. and, and me, me, meanwhile, meanwhile, there's, 90% of the planet is not even trying to even do what I do to begin with. But I'm over Hell here telling no. myself, I, I, I suck and I'm a pussy. I got to step up my game. <laughs> so then I, I I get a video of me kissing a fucking cobra, like, lip to lip. Jesus. <laughs> and I don't I haven't seen Robbie in a couple of years. But then I, because yeah. he moved up north and we, we saw each other here and there. But we weren't mm-hmm. like we were, we weren't all the time hanging out. So then I bust out my laptop at this fucking reptile show. I'm like, hey man, I got, I got to show you something. I fucking opened my laptop and I showed it to him. He's like, holy fucking shit! And he's like, bro, oh, man. He's like, he's like, what are you fucking doing? I'm like, I told you I could do it. He's like, man, I was just fucking with you. He's like, that that lady that did that had the mouth sewed closed on that snake. <laughs> so here I am, not knowing this, and I feel like I got called out. So I went out there and just dropped hammers and shit taking chances that these, that nobody else is really taking, thinking that they are. And then that's kind of how that, that shit started. But I've also, I I learned, I learned so much more about King Cobra behavior, trying to trial and error that whole situation. And and, and I do give credit to Robbie for, for challenging that to me. um, Because if he would have never challenged me, just being like that dick friend, yeah, yeah. I, 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 my game would have never gotten to the level that it's at. So well, that, you know, yeah. Well, that challenging. I mean, and having to do all that trial and error—that well, is a. Well, I was, I was young. Now, now, when somebody challenges me, you're like, oh, hey, kiss a cobra. Hey, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> like, I don't care. I have nothing to prove to anybody. But back then, when you know, I was in my twenties, I was like, fuck, I, I'm new to this, man. If I want to be the top fucking guy, I gotta, I gotta make statements. So that's kind of where I was at. And then when people. When yeah. every time I would get bid, I'd become like the target hit list for everybody talking shit about me on the internet. And I just absorbed all that negative energy and turned it into something fucking like, I was like, 
the controversial fucking Eminem guy of the fucking reptile yeah. world. Like when people say I shouldn't do this, this, and this, the next videos were out of me doing this, this, and this. Like, well, it is, it is amazing that you've only been bit, what, four times? Four times, four times in my whole That's... career. Um, it, yeah, it is considering I've never been bit doing a performance or a show or anything mm-hmm. like that. I did have a close call once doing a, a National Geographic photo shoot um, or film shoot. We were handling King Cobras. I had two or three wild caught 12, 13 footers, big motherfuckers. And uh, one of them I had out. And I've gotten so good with these things now where in the midst of handling, I could like pause and be like, all right, it's done. I got to take a break. The snake needs rest. Yeah. yeah. And something was going on. And I had said that, like, listen, that's it. That's a wrap. No more. I said, I can't do any more. The snake needs to, it's he's done. Yeah. And for some reason or another, and I don't know why, I'm going to say pride or ego maybe. I'm not going to even try to sugarcoat it. it was something <laughs> triggered me. But these fucking asshole producers convinced me to give them five more minutes. And I even said it out loud. My guy that was helping me wrangle, he, he already knew that I was kind of against the idea. But I was like, all right, five minutes. I'm not going to be doing anything. Yeah. Just Just some beauty shots and shit like that, right? Somehow or another, in the midst of that five minutes, there was the opportunities where I saw the animal doing certain things where I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to engage him, which mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done. And as soon as I went to engage the animal, the snake had spent so much time with me doing certain things where it had, king cobras are smart as fuck. Yeah. So it had, it had figured out my pattern. So when I went to engage it, it second guessed me and grabbed me by my fucking pant leg, like almost bit me. And <laughs> it pumped so much fucking venom dripping down my leg from the inside of my pants. Like I would have killed me. Like it was bad. Dude. And it was, it's all on film. We got the whole thing on film. It's yeah. crazy. As a matter of fact, I am going to be pu- pu- pumping out a YouTube channel. I didn't get to mention that yet. No. I do actively yeah. have one right now, but most of it is uh, Native American powwow music live shit that i filmed at powwows okay. i also go i'm also a singer and stuff like that so i go around to powwows and stuff like that with my family yeah and uh so i put a lot of that stuff out there there's not a lot of animal related content yet but it's gonna start coming like this this yeah. year we're gonna start pressuring a little bit more into that because there's, there's a lot of people doing it a lot of people making money and as long as i've put into this business there's no reason i shouldn't get a piece of that too and i believe a lot of people would want to see uh some of the stuff that we have to put out a lot of it's going to be older shit like narrated versions of snake bites like i have i have video footage of a rattlesnake bite that's never been seen before oh really? um yes yeah, oh, it's not the actual bite but it's like 10 minutes afterwards of me going paralyzed and things like that like Jesus. um so some of those videos will get put together i got old videos of me getting bit by alligators that i'll put a full narrative on and explain yeah. And try to educate educate a little bit about like the do's and don'ts of where I fucked up. I think that mm-hmm. would be a little helpful. For sure. Um, you know, some behind the scenes shit talk about stuff that goes on with jackass, wild boys, uh, yeah. maybe some undercover shit from America's Got Talent. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about, but I'll keep <laughs> it pretty. I'll keep it interesting, but pretty free, you know. Yeah. Um, so th- that's that's been the idea, and then I also maybe. We might, we might start doing like a once a week podcast and just catching up on re- random life shit, not necessarily animal stuff. But I also uh, make my own line of hot sauces. I also, I, I cook, I do a lot of things yeah, like that. Yeah. So 
I kind of want to break into a little bit of everything and just get any, anybody and everybody interested in different parts of life, interested in seeing things. And yeah. I just feel like that's a good way to do it. Once, once I'm done remodeling and building everything out here, I'll have time in my hands again to sit around and yeah. play with a, play with a camera again, you know, like we'll, we'll do like snake feedings and alligator and crocodile feedings and, yeah. you know, different things like that, just to kind of keep it interesting. We got some, uh, I got several species of crocodiles and alligators and stuff out here, caimans. So we'll be doing educational videos on each species over time, and okay. um, just a little bit, little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just if, if that's the era that we're in, and I'm I'm not a, opposed to a, a, adaptation, and you know I, I still have I still have the uh, on camera presence that that works. Yeah. People people like do that so. well i mean and that's yeah. that's the perfect thing about it is that like yeah granted like you're saying there's all these people who are doing it and whatever but they don't all have the familiarity that like we have with you because like we grew up well like, that's that's up, just it yeah. i also want to i'd like to introduce the world to not just me and who i am but what made me like yeah i want to introduce other people in this field that are better at elephants like the best mm -hmm. of the best like i'd like the influences that brought me to the level that I'm at, I'd like them to get their recognition and credibility for being where they're at in the time that they put into, not just give me the credit for learning it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, yeah. I just feel like that's the problem is there's not enough, uh, there's not enough credibility given to the people ahead or behind everybody. And that it, it's like, they get forgotten in the wind and I don't, I just don't feel like that's fair. Yeah. So I'd rather not, uh, I'd rather not be that guy. I'd rather be the opposite and try to push, people to that next level and help everybody yeah. get a piece of the pie you know what i mean another yeah. thing that i that i'm going to do too is you see a lot of people doing going to other people's facilities and you know using other animals or using this person's place to do this and that mm -hmm. and it's all to make you know it's all to make themselves something so what i also want to do is and oh what's going on guys uh everything that that basically comes my direction whoever helps me on each thing that i want to make sure they get their yeah. They're a piece of the action too, just to keep everybody happy and wanting to keep that that vessel moving. If you start leaving people behind, you're a ship with no crew and then that it goes nowhere, you know. Yeah. So, Dude, come here. for sure. Come here, you yeah, want to say absolutely. hi? Come on. Come on, you can come up here. Come What's on. Gonna be come a on. bear. No, nah, it's just a dog. <laughs> come up here. Come on, guy. You wanna say hi to everybody? You come up you can you come up and say hi. Look over here. What are you? No, you're facing the wrong no. way. No, <laughs> no camera presence. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's, he don't even know what's going on. He's like, I don't even know what the camera is. Oh uh, well, all right, but no, um. I did have like, I mean, I know like we're running like way over time. I don't want to keep you, you know, super long. Oh, no worries. Like, uh, is there was there ever an animal growing up or even now that you were afraid of? All right, so yeah, one thing that I'm kind of fucking scared about, I guess. I could say it would be spiders. I had just a lot of episodes in life where spiders just didn't come out on the better end of things, I guess, for me. And uh, kind of freaked me out. Like, first time it, the phobia started, I was like three years old sleeping. Yeah. And, uh, oh, excuse me. No, you're good. Yeah, um, and fucking spider fucking like crawled across my face and into my mouth and out of my mouth. And I woke up flip the light on and it's this big ass fucking giant spider so like yeah, ever yeah. since then spiders just freaked me out and then i try to take like baby steps to get over that and then i just always had these bad instances where not wearing a shirt or something like that one fucking jumps on me and then 
years after that, I got bit by a brown recluse a couple times. Jesus. Really fucked me up. And that was probably one of the most painful things I've ever been through. Really? Um, that and it just, yeah, just, you know, just creepy shit like that. And it's, fuckers have too many legs. And I don't know. It's not, <laughs> you yeah. know, like if it's like a black widow or something that you just know is deadly or something, then yeah, for some yeah. reason that doesn't bother me. It's kind of like a fucking right. snake or something. But like, I don't know. Spiders, like, Dude, I'm telling you, like, 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 like when you're riding through the woods or walking down a trail, and then one's in your fucking face, uh, like, because uh, you don't because you just don't know. Is it gonna fucking bite you? Is it gonna jump off of you? Like, yeah, yeah. Know. No, spiders are creepy as hell, dude. Okay, so like mine. I mean, this is embarrassing as hell, but like, <laughs> so my biggest fear of all time, like, not even just animals, just number one fear: grasshoppers. Really terrified. Like I, what, what, what the fuck is with that? Don't know. You know how elephants are afraid of rats or mice? That's a myth, I think. But no, it's, it's actually not a myth. It's, oh, it's, really? People think that is. So yeah, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Real okay. Quick. So you got to look at an elephant like they're a herd animal, uh-huh. of course. So they're very social with each other out in the wild, and their lateral field of vision sees each other on this on that height. Yeah. So when it's like you, if you're looking straight and don't move your head and you uh-huh. look down and you try to look down like at your feet or something or your, uh-huh. or your dick or something, everything right. looks distorted, right? Right. Well, <laughs> especially with an elephant, same thing. So when it's looking down like that, just because of their the way their depth perception and field of vision uh-huh. is, things that are smaller and beneath them they take as a threat so they want to trample it so it's not that they're okay. scared of it it's like it kind of they take that as something like I, so one time i met a friend of mine he was he was a, one of the head trainers for for ringling brothers mm-hmm. and they were finishing up their show or whatever in miami so i went down over to see him i was like fuck i'm gonna go hang i haven't been around my buddy in a while and elephants and stuff so i was like let me go hang out and I got to meet a couple of the young baby elephants and stuff like that. So then the next, like we went, I spent the night there. The next morning, everything was getting packed up for them to get on the train and head to the next destination. Right. And a forklift come over and picked up a pallet that had hay on it. And I was uh-huh. actually, he was giving, he was giving me the leftover hay actually too. So I was picking up, I had a trailer. So he picks up this pallet. And lays on the trailer, and where the pallet was, there was a fucking a mouse or a rat. <laughs> and this bitch went to bounce uh-huh. and went right yeah. in the middle of five fucking elephants. And they freaked mm. the fuck. They were fucking high stepping and fucking moving around. Like, oh my not God. Not that they were scared of it, but whatever the fuck, it was the whole mouse and elephant situation live yeah, right yeah. in my face. And Dude. they didn't want nothing to fucking do with that shit. They wanted to stomp its ass. So. See. That might be it my was, grasshopper it, it, thing. It was explained to me more like that depth perception field of yeah. vision. It, it makes it look more magnified and t- terrifying yeah. than they are, kind of thing. So, yeah, see, I'm sure it's just like a childhood thing. I don't know. I'm just, every, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you why. One. Grasshoppers, I'll say it, it could be something simple like this. When you pick up a grasshopper, oh, excuse yeah. you, yeah. they do this weird fucking thing where they like, they're trying to kick out of your hand or whatever. And they yeah. got these little fucking spiky things. God, so when they're yeah. fucking hitting you, you you know if you're getting fucking animated or bit or fucking stabbed or like, and it's nothing. It's, like you, you look at it, and you're like, oh, this thing's fucking it. But uh, 
psychologically, I mean, if you're a kid, especially when it started, that could be, holy fuck, that thing just ate me alive in, in your mind, you know? Yeah. So it could just be something like that that scars you and you're just, you know. It is. It has left me damaged. Like I, dude, I one time looked whenever I was like a teenager, had to go to work, looked at my truck and on the door handle, there was a big ass grasshopper about that big, just called into work. I was like, I am sick. Can't come in. <laughs> like, I was like, I want nothing to do with this. Dude, like I've told friends like, cause like, I'm not afraid of snakes or like, I mean, really any other animals. So like whenever, dude, I was telling them like, I was like, I would any day of the week rather be locked in a room with like 10 rattlesnakes than 10 grasshoppers hands down yeah i'm like that with spiders like i just yeah somebody a friend of mine is like oh man yeah you come why don't you come on in hang out for a second like that check out my fucking new whatever the fuck my goliath fucking bird eater this or that nah, listen motherfucker don't be telling don't use that language with me i ain't coming anywhere near that fucking building i'll burn dude. your fucking house down dude like terrifying uh, yeah, oh, yeah it's just something about something about some of that weird shit but i mean everybody's got their thing yeah um i knew somebody that was terrified of fucking frogs like they see a frog and they just lose it like That's fair. phobia not not like Oh, it jumped on me. I'll freak out. Like yeah. visually seeing one and fucking like hysterically crying and just panic attack. Yeah. Weird shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I you know. know, everybody has their thing. Like, I mean, public speaking is like the number one fear and I do it all the time. And it doesn't bother me. And it doesn't bother me doing it either. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But a grasshopper, if a grasshopper goes on stage, I'm going to, I'm probably going to piss myself. Like it's, I think it's, if I ever come see you on stage, I'm going to bring a bag of fucking grasshoppers and just fucking throw the whole bag of them up there. Well, you know what? I you After hearing this, you probably <laughs> you are not going to be the only one with that thought. I shouldn't have said oh, any of this. Somebody out there, catch a bag of fucking grasshoppers and toss them on stage with Cody. <laughs> I mean, it'll get, it, dude, it'll get more laughs than any of my bullshit jokes. So Holy shit. I'll take I'll take what I can get, dude. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, you seem to walk out on stage and be like, "Okay, I guess I'm here to make everybody laugh." You're welcome, and then just fucking walk away and see what they say. You know, that's it. That's what I, you know, you got it. You know, it is. We talked about that before. Like making yourself the punchline. You can never get fucking broken, and people always laugh. So, amen. Yeah, that works. Well, dude, hey, <laughs> man, I mean, I, you know, we ran short on time, had a little like storm break. So that's why uh, shit looks a little different right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I'll tell you, that fucking storm, I, I went out on my back porch and it was like, you could see it all. You go on the front porch and the rain was coming like fucking sideways. Yeah, yeah. It was like some weird tornado shit going on. The electric went out probably about eight more times. Yeah. Just, it was just crazy electrical storm. Oh yeah. Yeah, now their dog had to go piss, didn't want to go out in, and I'm like, look, dude, <laughs> you got two choices, either hold that shit or you know, you gotta go out oh, and get yeah. wet, you know. Dude, it was it was oh, a pretty rough storm. Yeah, man. But, well yeah, dude, that's I, Florida, man, it's like that. We get our weather's yeah. like bipolar as fuck over here, man. Oh oh I did dude, I know. Every time I've been to Florida, it is like whatever the weather is, like if you don't like it, give it about five minutes. It'll <laughs> change, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. be in your favorite. Dude, for a while there, we were getting like 80, 90 degree daytime fucking retarded heat. And then at night, it was getting in like 50s. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going Jesus. on? It was a weird, this year has been weird as fuck with weather. Yeah. 
Dude, really here weird. too, it's just been so goddamn hot. Like it is. Yeah. It's the heat too. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, man, the heat's just been like a little extra this year. And I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah, we're getting close. I can usually to the tolerate it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, some people think the fucking Earth is flat, though. So I don't know. Well, you know, show me that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love well, that so I, much. It, you know what it is? It's it's like this. It's a common sense thing on my perspective is so I've looked through telescopes and shit my whole life. Yeah. Grew up around planetarium and stuff like that. So you look through a telescope and you see Saturn or Mercury or Mars or Venus or any of the mm-hmm. planets, right? Yeah. And they're all fucking round. The moon is round. <laughs> so we're, looking, we're looking at it. But no not space. ours. <laughs> But all of a sudden, out of all these series of round shit floating around around the sun, we're we're just randomly going to be fucking flat. Exactly. It's not uh, like we're like the hermaphrodite of fucking the the universe or something, like the odd one. Like I don't fucking uh, I don't. I don't well, that actually, it. when you put it that way, it kind of makes sense to be honest. <laughs> With how weird sure. this shit is, I'm, maybe, but I mean, maybe it is. It just doesn't make sense because, no. like, so like if you went in one direction i mean i get the way they try to say curvature for flights but if you got in one direction and went straight Mm -hmm. from california and then you'd hit europe china whatever like that right over on that side asia if you kept going would you you fall the fuck off yes like somebody needs to get in something and parallel stay at the same altitude and just cruise and prove that it, you'll end up in the same spot after so much time. Look, man, I have believed some very stupid things in my life. And that ain't one of them. The that Earth ain't being one of them flat, for me. Look, I, mean, I, think, I think Bigfoot come fucking rape me before the Earth's flat, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll end one thing. Like, I'll tell you this. This is another embarrassing thing. Until I was a little older than I want to admit, I believed that if you were taking a piss and you sneezed and farted at the same time while you were taking a piss, that you would die. I believed that until I was in like my teens and it happened to me once and I had a damn near meltdown. So I was like, Oh no. Well, that, I mean, it's funny to bring it up like that, but if you're like taking a shit and you fucking cough or sneeze at the same time, you can throw your fucking back out. I've had that happen. True. But we'll see. Dude, dude I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it ain't the end of the world, but it fucking feels like it for a little while. Dude. Yeah. Not long ago, actually. To the point where I fell off the toilet. I'm like, I hope I don't have, like, shit ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, hey, man. Life is full of ups and downs. I will say that. Yeah, I tell you what. The older you get, the more downs you get, too. It sucks. Yeah. I'll be there soon, I'm sure. But yeah, man, (laughs) dude, I, for one, like, I appreciate this so much, man. I've been looking forward to talking to you, man. Like, I've grown up seeing you on Wild Boys and Jackass and everything. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, like, and I've always had such a fascination. I was kind of hoping I would have done something with this new Jackass. But then after watching it, I'm like, well, you know, there was was a lot of cock in this one. 
Yeah. My, my forte, my forte, I like, I just, I'm not a professional cock handler and it just, you know, it didn't really make sense for me to be in there, I guess. No, <laughs> yeah. Me either. Amateur at best, but yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> dude, you know, I, Fuck. I mean, I loved it. I loved the movie. I love all of them. Like, but it's just like childhood nostalgia. It, it, I guess it was just know? weird for me because I've, I've been on, I've been on involved with every one of them except for this one. So it's kind of weird for me to, yeah, to like not be involved. I mean, and it's also weird, like not seeing Bam in there, and then Ryan being gone, of course. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Eric Rohner. Last time I saw Eric alive. Oh was, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. one of the sets of Jackass. So just you know, a lot, lot of, lot of ups and down, weird things like that. I mean, I'm still cool with everybody. I saw Steve-O and Preston not too long ago, and yeah. everything was great. Like, yeah, I had a great visit with all them guys, and um, you know, talked to Jeff Tremaine once in a while. Happy birthday, kind of shit here and there, whatever. Like, you know, like where there's no. Yeah. I don't have any bad blood with anybody on that thing. I just, uh, I, I know with COVID and everything, it was really hard for the for them to film mm-hmm. things and to get people in and out of California and all that. So I understand the circumstances. I just kind of wish they would have put yeah. off the movie for a year so we could have had better involvement and some cool shit going on. But yeah, yeah. But I it mean, turned out well. And I, and I think there'll be some future stuff. For sure. Um, you know, especially with the new guys and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, my job's always to come up with cool shit with animals to hurt people. So, yeah. As long as I got people to hurt, I guess I still got a job, right? Dude, exactly. And like, I, <laughs> I mean, I've been wanting like wild boys to come back, like me and millions of other everybody. People. I think but, I think a lot know. of people, even even we have like myself and Mark Rackley and a couple yeah. of the other guys that worked on it with us, you know, Dimitri and things like that. We've all Trip Taylor. I've talked to him about it too. It's like you know, yeah. we we want to. I always come on, man. Let's do a Wild Boys movie at least, like one oh last fucking one last hoorah, you know? Because Dude. there's just so much cool shit that have transpired since Wild Boys, and I think that we could go out in a. I don't know. I think we could probably uh, we could we could definitely do it movie style. There, there's a there's yeah. a way, and I got I have some. I I mean to be honest with you, I do have some some stunts up my sleeve written down for a while yeah. for a wild boys themed type thing. I mean, I would have used them for a jackass movie too, but they're, they're essentially written for that wild boys flavor. And yeah. uh, I'd love to transfer that to, to some type of uh, media on film or something like that, whether it be a yeah. show or, or a movie or something like that, just because uh to translate those ideas in that form well, first they i think it'd just be fun to produce they're just yeah. uh some of them are super gnarly and some of them are just holy shit good you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and I, I think they would fit more in the wild the wild boys type click thing and uh yeah so you know i'm looking forward to, to what the future might hold for that maybe we include some of the new jackass guys into that and let them get a feel for what wild boys is about out in the wildery shit and, dude it was such know, a great it, it, show like it was amazing and seeing you there like, it was i feel like wrong, in the like, i feel like in the fourth season we started kind of declining on the gnarliness so we relied yeah. more on cult- cultural stuff instead of animals and it yeah. just became the culture stuff a lot of people don't take it's like almost like racism shit like they mm-hmm. take offense to it more than take think it's funny you know what i mean yeah like when you start talking about different religions and mm-hmm. uh the way people practice their culture, it's, it's, it's touchy. Yeah. Um, I mean, props to Jeff and everybody that just said, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. Cause that's yeah. the way it should be. Uh, I, but I do, I did see 
that negative feedback a little bit more from season four than I did the first three seasons when it was more yeah. animal oriented. I, can see I mean, that. we had, we had cultural shit with every one of them, yeah. but it was primarily animal related stuff and a little, but that fourth season was more, mm-hmm. it's kind of the opposite, like too much culture and criticism yeah. or I'm going to say criticism, maybe, maybe a, a f- offensive material towards some of that. Then yeah. I saw, animal gnarliness you know what i mean that that makes sense i mean i i can see that like it well, definitely it, it, it is, i think it was the format too because if you remember like season one like florida episode we did two florida episodes mm-hmm. two costa rica or two south africa it was yeah. like two of every country because there was so much content filmed in each one it was like we fuck we need second episode so first season right. got of florida second season got the other half of florida right 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 but there was so much shit in each 30 minute episode, like 22 minutes of footage. Mm-hmm. And we put 10 skits in it where we could have linked in the narrative, put less skits and had more episodes and gone a fourth and fifth season. I, I feel like, because yeah. there was just so much gnarly shit that got filmed. The outtake, some of the stuff even made it on some of the jackass mm-hmm. movies and outtakes because they were too gnarly for wild boys. So with that much content, we definitely could have twisted the narrative a little longer. I think. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not the editor. I'm not the producer. No, director. Right. Like they, they had, they had their own method to their madness, and I'm not knocking it because it was obviously super yeah. successful. Um, but at, from me sitting there uh, with Seth on the, in the editing room and just seeing some of the longer cut versions and mm-hmm. what they were shortened down to for TV. I think those longer cut versions would have been just as entertaining and also yeah. had had more longevity. But um, but see, there's also the parts, the, the details that I don't know because I'm not involved on the executive part of it. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe MTV wasn't going to buy more than four seasons, so right, put everything right. you can in there. You know what I mean? There's what it could be. There's a lot of details I just yeah. don't know. Well, there's all so kinds I'm of backwards. I'm speculating stuff. as a as a spectator, not as yeah. a somebody with any type of inside information on that so was there ever like like a stunt or a skit where you were just like this might be too much like yo, so, maybe so, yeah th- yeah there, there's been a couple things um where i've had to tweak them uh-huh like pull jeff pull jeff tremaine aside jeff come here i know this is gnarly but somebody's gonna get fuck kill we got to do this a different way like you know what i mean yeah. like some shit just I, I can't remember really off the top of my head which ones that we tweaked down but i do remember several times doing things and i remember also doing things other times mm-hmm. and after it was done me and mark or somebody would be like yeah we probably shouldn't have fucking done that <laughs> like we get away with it like you know don't get me wrong like we get i've got away with a lot of gnarly shit yeah, but yeah. there there's been I mean, no exaggeration, at least 10 different times, Mark and I looked at each other and was like, that was a bad fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I have yeah. gone out of my comfort zone. Like Jeff Tremaine has a way of getting what he wants and getting you to give him what he wants, even if it's against your better judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I can't, I can't hate him for that because I use those same things when it comes to like, like for instance, Steve-O with the alligator snapping turtle. We've been trying to yeah. get his ass bit by the alligator snapping turtle forever. So yeah, when it yeah. came to Jackass Three, we had that little alligator snapper, and I was like, Jeff, man, we need to we need to do this. And he fucking he was like, you know what? How about this? You convince Steve-O to do it, 
and we'll fucking shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's that was my mission, and I got it done. Um, <laughs> you know, Steve and I've been through it. We've been through a lot. We went on tour together. Or he brought me on his tour, actually. Yeah. Um, he had he had a he was like back when he was not sober. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. He was uh, he was quite a handful, and uh, Preston and Dave England and these other guys that were working with him were like, "Fuck this guy!" And they left him like during the tour because he was mm-hmm. just so fucking wasting obnoxious. Yeah, and uh, they were like, "Man, we need either a Wild Boys or a Jackass cast member to make this shit through the rest of the season or whatever." Mm-hmm. So they give me a call, and then because Steve-O and I had just filmed some stuff for his out on bail video a couple months before that and then we did of course wild boys and stuff together so he already knew what i was about and we did the king cobra kiss of death on season one wild boys for florida episodes yeah and he was like hey man can you can you come and be part of part of the show or whatever and gave me the dates and the cities and stuff and he's like and can you bring a fucking king cobra so it started in florida for spring break and i'm like yeah anywhere in florida we're no problem i can do whatever we want Mm -hmm. So we remember going to the House of Blues and they have this big list of like shit we're not allowed to do. Like yeah, no, yeah. no fucking, no dicks, no fucking, uh, what do you call it? No, uh, like no nudity, no fire, random stuff. There's half the well, fucking that, act right there. Yeah, right? I was going to say. <laughs> so no ladders, like he wasn't allowed to backflip off of ladders in this one or something. Some crazy Jesus. shit, like a lot, a lot of no knives because he did a whole thing where he like balances a knife yeah. on his nose standing up on a ladder or some crazy fucking weird shit anyway <laughs> not allowed to do any of that so then steve was like yeah well they didn't tell us we couldn't bring a fucking 13 foot king cobra on stage so here we fucking go we didn't even tell him we just showed up and at the, <laughs> the finale of the show was me bringing out this fucking basket that contains like a 13 foot king cobra and just barging around the stage of house of blues they were like what the fuck is that like <laughs> dude and we did it everywhere like everywhere yeah. we went we just didn't tell them that we're doing a fucking kiss of death at every show oh. we had yeah. scorpions because we did the scorpion thing where i got him stung in the face with scorpions yeah and uh kind of like the scorpion botox they did for the last one but uh-huh. we've already been doing that we've been doing that since 2003 that's old news yeah um and uh so we did that and then the finale was always me and the fucking king cobra so it was like yeah um it was it, it was a good thing it was a, you know we had fun we had fun and then there got there did get a point like in canada where i started meeting that side of steve-o where it was like i just got to get the fuck away from this dude he's fucking going crazy yeah um and it wasn't a you know that was just him being on drugs and stuff like that like him being sober it, it's uh People are always like, oh, man, he's fucking boring. Or he's like in the beginning when he first became yeah. sober, oh, he's not as gnarly. But you know what? They say that as a perspective of a fucking spectator. Right. But when you're, when you're, when you're his friend and you spent nights with him and days and months together all the time, traveling like with wild boys and everything. And like, it's like, it's, that's like, you know, like all our wild boys people, we're like brothers, you know, it's like, even if we don't yeah. talk or hang out all the time, like, we look out for each other. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things like when we were on tour and I'm watching them beat himself up, I get frustrated because of what comes personally at me. But at the same time, yeah. I was trying to watch out for him. So I was like a babysitter for a lot of that shit too. Yeah. Which yeah. becomes really, really difficult when, you know, you don't, you don't want to see somebody you care about going through that type of shit. So I'm not, yeah. I don't do 
any of that fucking crazy right cocaine or fucking pcp or fucking any of that none yeah. of that shit that he all the experiments he did i don't, I don't and i'm not yeah. i don't even drink you know what i mean once in a while but nothing you know on tour i did after i when the shows were over i was drinking a little bit back then but nowadays i just you know i don't fuck with nothing and uh when i when i saw him recently and i've seen him for years clean mm-hmm. of course but this is the most recent thing it's just man he, he's back to being that person that i had a connection with but in a better light because he's doing it because he wants to not yeah. because some he's just in that mode you know what i'm saying right like he knows how to turn on and off that mode without using alcohol or drugs to do it and that is when i felt like he finally perfected mm-hmm. himself like he realized he didn't need that to be that guy yeah he just has to learn how to con- turn it on and off when it's necessary mm-hmm. and be the, the you know steve a really he as much as a douche as he can be when he was fucked up on stuff and he'd be like yeah, a dick yeah. to people and fucking say shit it's just he kind of me he was kind of mean you know a lot yeah, yeah. uh he, he he's got a really big heart like he always wants to you know i feel, I, I just always kind of felt that for me he's like from day one he's always kind of looked out for me and yeah. um you know he he's always tried to like help propel and promote things for me and stuff like that he's yeah. never really uh you know we've had our bit differences just like everybody like yeah. disagreements on the way we see things and Back then, I didn't keep my mouth shut. If I hear stuff, I call people and start running my mouth and threatening people and fucking, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I wasn't always the most tactful person in life. So, um, but at the end of the day, like I said, I, deep down, there's I can't I can't really sit here and say anything bad about any of the experiences I had with Jackass or Wild Boys. It was all it was all a good experience that makes me who I am today. Yeah, as part of that, you know, le- learning learning curve in life basically mm-hmm. you know you learn the do's and don'ts of the business I, I decided to step into this business and um you get you gain a lot of things that you don't really see yourself gaining until after the fact and yeah just you know a lot of things are hard to things get clouded pretty easy especially in the that hollywood type of lifestyle you know it's a little yeah i had to, after america's got talent i just got to the point where it's like i'm just gonna be chilling right here stay to myself lay low but then laying low man you don't you're not out there making money and if i'm an entertainer yeah. i gotta kind of be out there making money so yeah i don't know i'm in that transition now or that crossroad where i gotta make a choice of either pulling the trigger and getting back on it or figure something else out and i don't i don't want to figure anything else out so no nah, dude i say pull the get trigger back on it. i mean i say pull the trigger yeah 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 i mean yeah i'm not that old i mean i'm, I'm almost, i'll be 45 on monday so i'm not that old i still got yeah Still got a couple more lives left and a couple more years yeah. left, so we'll beat up, beat up the rest of me that this still works, you know. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, no, nah, I mean, anything you're doing, like, I'm a fan of, so man, it's been well, appreciate it's been, it, nah, dude. It's been a privilege. Well, I'll stay in touch with you about it when I get things kicking off, then, uh, like you know, the YouTube thing going and everything, and I get all yeah, that, yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll do another quick little recap, and yeah, I'll put I'll, I'll promote some things that I got on the table when it gets going, but. No, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be amazing. Yeah, man. Cool. So uh, for now, I mean, uh, for now, I mean, uh, the only thing I guess I can really promote is like uh, maybe just you know keep keep an eye out on my Instagram for updates and things like that because I kind of I'm not regular on it yet because I suck at that shit, but I'm trying. <laughs> um, there is some cool shit that I put on there. When I do put stuff on there, it's usually pretty cool. Oh, I've seen. So, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, official. David Weathers is my Instagram, and then. Um, yeah, updates will be coming soon on some other stuff. We got a lot of interesting things happening out here at the ranch. 
uh, once I get the rebuild done for everything, uh, part of that rebuild is we're building a private island out back. And uh, eventually, on a very small scale, I'll be letting mm-hmm. uh, people come do exclusive VIP tours and kind okay. of live a day in the life of what it's like to be an animal guy out here in the gnarly wilderness and shit like that. So. Well, I do. Sign me up, man. I'm, I would right, love man. to come out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's oh, going to yeah. be quite an experience. It's just the atmosphere we're trying to create alone is going to be that a place that people just want to escape, escape. Yeah. To. It's going to be like, like sanctuary, you know? So yeah, that's awesome, man. Dude, Creating man. it for myself. And if somebody wants to, if somebody can earn that privilege in the world, then I'll be glad to share a little bit for people that are worthy, I guess. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, again, I appreciate it so much. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. And like I said, we'll do it. We'll do an update as soon as I got some more stuff cooking and figuring out what's, what's so, happening. Dude. Sounds good to me, man. Just keep me up to date and, yeah, man. Good luck with everything. Appreciate it, man. Okay.